I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I can talk about this. I, obviously, big NDAs and whatever, but like I was made a a not non-offer offer from facebook they basically said we you know if, if this was an offer what would you say and they were like they offered me something like i think it was like 170k a year my best month on youtube i had four and a half million views and i made i think it was nineteen and a half thousand dollars plus a coin sponsor biggest biggest monthly coin sponsor i ever got was 18 and a half k plus brand deals like when you're making when you're getting 100 to 200k views a video you're getting anywhere from three to 5k for a brand deal why did you think it was the right time when you did announce it to uh sort of open up yourself and and show the 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 true haber i can't imagine what it would have been for me 10 years ago if i'd have seen that seen the reaction and like i would have made me almost hate myself you know i can imagine people genuinely being angry at themselves for the way they are because of the reaction people have. This week on the Full 90 Podcast, we speak to YouTuber, Twitch streamer, and social media influencer, It's Haber, covering a wide range of subjects from what it was like living with Morgs, the life of an FC content creator, and how he came out publicly only a couple of years ago. Grab a drink, put your feet up, because this is another can't-miss episode of the Full 90 Podcast. This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Welcome to the 490 podcast and today Richard we've got a uh, a special guest as we move into the Christmas period. We certainly have uh, a YouTube superstar, uh, Twitch streamer, content creator. You've probably seen him scoring goals as well as in many a charity match. He's a good friend of ours, it's Haber. Ryan, welcome to the 490 pod. Man, I thought you were talking about someone else then. You brought, <laughs> you brought goals, I'm like, yeah, maybe he's talking about me. you got... What's the prompt to say in there? You got a bad script on YouTube superstar. Uh, that that was Rich's words. That, oh. But you know, you got what would your words be? Go on. Let I would say uh, biggest Man United fan I know. Um, right. Probably the the you number know one. Though Ginger's bigger than true. me, surely. The number one share player. Or is he? Has he been on here yet? He's on the list. Yeah, he'll be um, there. But I'd change. say overall, just uh, yeah, sort of one of the one of the first that sort of went into this share play world and. Yeah, I'll, you know, what, I'll take that. One of the first for sure. Yeah. Okay, so biggest. one of the first share players. There you go. <laughs> the ego beast. But uh, Ryan, welcome to the podcast, The Full 90. Lovely to have you on. Thank you for having me on, mate. Honestly, when someone asks me to be on a pod, it's the biggest ego boost you can get. Genuinely. Well, I know you've caught a few of the episodes before. We kick off the podcast with a pre-match drink. You've probably gone for 
Maybe not the the healthiest of them all, but yeah, definitely. Don't look like the healthiest <laughs> of them all. Definitely no. a favourite uh, drink. <laughs> Feel free to grab your drink. What have you gone for and, and talk us through it? I've gone for. I was going to pick up that water you brought out. Do you know what? I was going to I was going to mock him. <laughs> your water. I've I've gone for a uh, a Red Bull. Is it this camera? I've, I've gone for a Red Bull, guys. Um, I live off the stuff. I can't lie. Big fan. I am a big fan. I love caffeine. I'm not. I dabble, but I'm not. I can't say I'm. I mean, all the way. Um, I like to get my energy in another way. Lucaside. No. So now, ever since they changed the recipe about six or seven years ago, I haven't, I haven't bothered. I thought you were going to say ever since they've changed the wrapper because the, the, oh, the wrapper's off, awful. The wrapper's off the size now. That is awful. That's a crop top. It's good. And it's orange as well. Richard uh, um, loves an orange drink. I've gone for you know what? It's a coffee. All right, you know this already by now. But I've gone wet. for a. Christmas special. Can anyone guess the syrup that's in the coffee today? It's a Christmas special. Bingo. Didn't even get a chance. Didn't even get a chance. I would not have guessed that. I was going to go for like pumpkin or some other. <laughs> well, where do we start on this podcast, Rich? Um, so much to talk about across the next 90 minutes. I think we go all the way back. Uh, take us back to sort of growing up and what was what was childhood like and, and moving into your teenage years. Gosh, it's a therapy session now. Uh, your childhood wasn't great. Um, I had a really normal childhood, I can't lie. It was the most bog-standard normal thing ever. I was just, it was a normal, like, little town in Leicester that I grew up. Um, I don't know what else to say, really. It was just, yeah, it was it was kind of football central. That was it. It was so normal and basic. School life? Yeah, Enjoyed most normal, normal thing ever. I was a little bit naughty in school, I can't lie. Um, I have ADHD, so that wasn't fun in school. I always got in trouble. And it wasn't deliberate, but I was a bit of a shit. Am I allowed to swear? Sorry. You have now, you can, don't you worry. Can, you can. <laughs> we'll edit that one out. Um, were, you, were you diagnosed at school? Yeah. ADHD, yeah. Because yeah. I know some people have diagnosed later in life and like they then go back and it's like, well, that makes sense now. That all sort of, you put two and two together. Yeah, no, mine was mine was at school. So I was just really like, almost ag- agitated as a word I'd use all the time and just like wired and constantly on. Um, and then, yeah, it was kind of just something that they, realized pretty young actually so i used to always have little things on my desk to fiddle with and stuff and like i'd have like little one-on-one sessions and stuff i just yeah it wasn't it was, it was pretty normal though but i would get in trouble a lot like a lot so after school did you go to college i went to yeah i went to sixth form which is like it wasn't in a college so i did i went to sixth form for my as levels did my as levels and then i was there for a levels but i just I picked bad subjects, stuff that I wasn't enjoying. I picked uh, media and drama and it just like was not me. I don't even know why. I think I picked them because they're easy. Like, or I thought they were easy. I'm like, oh yeah, just act, you know, just like, just, just kind of edit videos and that whilst I'm there. Cause I was like fiddling around with YouTube on the side. Um, and then the minute I turned, like the day after I turned 18, I was having an argument with a teacher and they basically turned around and said, well, you can go, you're 18, you can leave. I went, can I? They gave, so they gave me a form. I filled it out. I just left the day, that day, went home. My dad wasn't happy. I said to him, he goes, what are you doing home so early? Like, yeah, I'm done. He's like, what? I'm done with school. Huh? And uh, yeah, we had a bit of an argument for about two days. Didn't didn't really talk to me for a little while. Um, not the only sibling, I believe. Got no, yeah, right. I got a big brother, Lewis. Was once formerly a YouTuber as well. Yeah, that's why I was a YouTuber. Well, I say, you say YouTube is very, very light. He used to... He, used to, um, <laughs> he made videos. <laughs> kind of, yeah. What he'd do is he used to like sort of play COD all the time and he'd do like little trick shots, like little phase stuff clip it put it on his youtube channel and that was it but like 
Yeah, we're talking like three views, just his two mates on Xbox Live chat, and that's it, really. But because he did it, I wanted to do it. How much older was he than you? Four years. I, I had a brother of eight years older. I, I say, I say, was still do, yeah. still here, <laughs> still your brother. Yeah. Um, but he he did YouTube as well, and I used to. He was probably what twenty, twenty one. I'm like thirteen. I'd just sit like in the corner of the room, and just like watch the process take place, and I was just fascinated by it all. Um, he did, he did, Some of your old school YouTube videos are he did, superb. He did Skyrim back in the day, and like some of his videos, like did really well. And uh, he got signed to a like what were they like the 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 YouTube like partner program. I know what you're talking like, about. Uh, Machinima. Yeah, it went Machinima. It was uh, it was another one. I can't oh, there's the one that brings the wires like Yogs. No, not Yogs. Um, that's their big. Was it Yoshi or something like that? Yeah. Some, that's something like that. Yeah. That rings a bell. And uh, he was like, I'm going to be a YouTuber. This is the dream. This is the dream. And then just, I think life just caught up with him. But um, yeah, those, I, I actually, I did a couple of YouTube videos early. Like, I was probably 16, 17. They've never seen the light of day. But maybe I'll bring them out. 5,000 subs on the channel. Yeah. I'll, release it. I'll make them public. Make them shorts. I'll make them public. Make it happen. Speaking of, uh, of YouTube watchers that are watching the podcast today, if you notice something different about the set, Drop a comment down below because uh, we may have forgot to uh, bring certain things back to the studio. My fault and Richard's. I'll take I'll take responsibility. Um, moving back on, so college you, you stopped. Yeah. So I'm guessing uni was never in the the, the equation. No, not really. I, I I just wasn't a good school person. You know, some people are really good kind of at at school, and that's I just wasn't like I I got decent grades. It just wasn't my thing. Taking all mm. like not taking orders, but like. The way that I think there was always a dynamic between students and teachers and I hated it. I just hated the idea that this person is like my superior in life because he's a teacher. Like, I don't know. So just for context, how old are you now? 25. So from 18 to 25, yeah. from then to current day, seven years. Um, How did it go? Like, uh, Well, so when my dad finally started talking to me again, you know, we rekindled the relationship about a week later. Um, he basically goes to me, he goes, right, you've got a year to make the tax threshold. You know, obviously we get to write off a, our personal allowance. I think, I think at the time it was actually less than it is now. It was like 11K or something. He goes, you've got a year to make that. If you don't, you're getting a job. So I knuckled down for a year, did all sorts, did uh, editing for people. I did editing for like AJ Free and Oakley, Reeve, people like that. Um, just scraped it. I scraped it through a brand deal with... Um, Oh, what are they called now? They were the old like pro uh, company. I forgot their name now. It does. Oh, that's gonna bug me. While are you thinking, how did you? How did you even get to editing for them guys? Like, because I imagine there's people out there now who probably want to do that. Like, how did you even get in contact with these people? <laughs> it's so stupid. Through playing PUBG. Okay. Um, basically. Because I was just at home all day. I was watching Capcom Tom used to do these daytime PUBG streams. I used to absolutely love them, right? Um, and he was actually the first person I, I edited for. But he'd be streaming. He'd need like a fourth or something. I'd just go in his chat be like, can I play with you? So we started playing. Um, and I was making YouTube videos at the time. Had maybe like five or 10K subs at the time. And uh, he wanted to do a FIFA bingo. Um, and I couldn't afford the FIFA points to do the FIFA bingo. So he goes, right, if you edit this video for me, I'll just pay for your FIFA points so we can do the FIFA bingo. So you edit mine and then we'll, we'll do yours as well and, and I'll pay for it, you edit the video. And that just became like a thing. It was like, oh, you know, do you want to edit this FIFA bingo? And I'll either, either he'll give me 12K FIFA points at the time to do a FIFA bingo or he'd, he'd pay me whatever it was at the time, like 70 quid or something. Um, 
So that just became a thing regularly. And then when someone like Oakley or Reeve or someone in that circle needed an editor, Tom would always say, I'll, you know, go message Haber. He does my stuff. Um, that's kind of how it happened. I ended up, I wouldn't say there were like regular clients. It was more so like one-off videos. Oh, I'm going doing this tomorrow. Can you edit this video? Just chuck me a video to do. And, oh, I need to do this next week. And then I started doing editing for Andy. I don't know if I, I never knew if Andy was pissed off by this or not, right? So I started editing for Andy and it was going to be a regular thing. And it's like, Andy's great to work for because he gives a monthly salary and he's very like generous with what he pays per video and also like time of working and stuff. So about a month into working regularly with Andy, uh, Morgs messages me and he's like, do you want to move in and be my editor full time? I'll pay you this and you can live with me. So I ended up doing that like a month after like with Andy and Andy was, I don't know if he was angry or not. Like I th he was kind of fuming, but like, I don't know if he was joking or if he was being serious. So in that time, what were the videos that Andy was making? Scotland Showdance. So, it's, you, so you were one of the first editors of the, the famous series? I, oh no, it wasn't. It was, he, I mean, yeah, maybe after him. Yeah. So this was about five years ago now, six years ago, something like that. I was I, doing. I'd be getting dividends on that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I should I should get one of those like you ever seen those videos of the residual check videos yeah. of people these actors from like ten years. I should be getting those to be honest. It'd be like my eight cents checks. Um you mentioned Morgs there. Yeah. Um I feel as though there's a conversation that we probably need to go into. That was a wacky time. The the, the part when you said you studied drama at A levels, I thought you know, that, 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 that comes in perfectly, <laughs> that right? Come into play, yeah. You can definitely tell that was a wacky time, man. That was like that I, I lived with them for about five or six months. And in that time, that was like the only time of my life I've ever experienced what it's like to be a genuine celebrity because the views he was getting on these videos was nuts. And I, I was in all the videos. Like originally I wasn't supposed to be, I was just supposed to be the editor, but like I was in one or two and then people liked it. So that he just kept bringing me in the videos. But then it got to the point where he can't go out anywhere because all these kids, unless it's school time, the amount of kids that I'd, that I'd go crazy and recognize you but like kids don't have boundaries either so like i'd be like in a restaurant or something like i was in wagamama's once in uh meadow hall yeah and i i'm not kidding there's about 20 kids outside i was by myself it was worse when he was there way worse but like when it was me it was you know it was 50 50 depends on on the day um and i, I finished my meal i go to walk out and there was just 20 kids just waiting outside this restaurant i was like fuck no it was an it was crazy it was a bit of a nightmare but what I think I was probably it, it, the the content that was being made there. It wasn't made for me at the time. Are you sure? Um, Brandon used to love the videos. Well, he used to mess I, me all I, the time. I was in the comments. How, <laughs> how, and what? Uh, like, what was the process behind those videos and that that time? Like, why did it explode? Was it was it the creative process? Was it um, him? I think it was a top-notch like, acting. Just just yeah. Morgs being like a genius at that time and like getting ahead of the trend, like, or was it just a mix of everything? Because I think you very rarely do you see like one YouTuber explode like that now in like this current time. Like it's a lot of like groups or it's a lot of people like collaborating together. Like he was everywhere. Yeah. Um, well, when I moved in with him, he had, so I think he had about three or 4 million subs at the time. So he's already like really established, but those videos started really taking off because he changed his style from, he got very popular off Pokemon Go at one point and then he sort of changed into doing like pranks and stuff. But then he sort of started doing the like Mr. B style videos. Um, and to be fair to him, 
I've seen very small amounts of people that are really switched on and really screwed on when it comes to sort of YouTube and what people enjoy and the algorithm and all that sort of stuff. And he just, he just got it. Like there was just something in his brain that just, he just understood everything clicked. And it was, it was, it was a masterclass in terms of, of how he would sort of think of an idea and then plan it out in the way that people would continue watching it. And then it was like hours after the, after the video has gone live, it's checking to see, you know, what points of the video people are clicking onto and then clicking off of. And then in the next video, okay, we're going to make sure that this point has even more sort of stuff happening so that they're not clicking off and stuff. It was, it was crazy. And it's like, you see now sort of loads of videos on Mr. Beast and studying it. And it was like, that was kind of what he was doing as well at the time. Just not, not to a level of Mr. Beast, but like that kind of like just crazy switched on and just understood it. We recently had Chufters on. He, and, yeah, I was going to mention it. Chuff is mental. Uh, with it. His story, check it out. It's a good podcast. Um, but basically, we're just like, I studied YouTube. I yeah. learned it. Like, he'd come from a, a banking background and a, very analytical. And he was just like, I took some time. I learned it. And it paid off. Yeah. Um, Chuff is crazy. He's exactly like that. He's just so switched on. He just gets it. I mean, I live with Brooks, who edits for Chuff on his uh, More Chuff channel. And like some of the voice notes there, like that he's sending to Brooksy and stuff about videos. And it's, it'd be tiny specifics that you just don't understand why he's so focused on it. But then it'll be that small specific that just works for some reason. And it just carries that part of the video. And it's just, it's nuts. It is crazy. And, and Morgs was just like that. Um, the process though, and the reason why I, I, I had to move out was it was nuts. It was like, we'd wake up at like nine, 10 in the morning record for a whole day these videos would take the entire day and it it was really sort of monotonous because he would have to take about eight or nine attempts at a certain part of the video as well it would be like the intro but that one wasn't just right so let's do 10 more and then because i'm editing it and i've already seen him do the intro because i'm stood next to him trying not to to laugh or like trying not to like fall asleep whilst we're doing it I've then got to edit it and then remember which one he liked the most or then ask him, you know, which one do you want? So we spent the whole day editing it. Um, then we had to spend hours sorting this footage out as well because it's like 10 different cameras at some times. It's like seven, eight hours of footage. Figuring out like where each one goes and stuff was crazy. Then I had to actually edit the videos. So I was getting to bed sometimes at like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. And then just wake up at 9 a.m. the next day to do it all again. So yeah. it was it was a lot. How many days a week was he filming then depends really because it wasn't just him it was his mum's channel it was kira as well his girlfriend at the time so like it could have been seven days a week some weeks um where it was just non-stop on and on and on constant and there just wasn't time off ever so it was and i know it sounds like i'm moaning like i get it it's not like i wasn't doing manual labor so i wasn't physically exhausted but it was it was fatiguing to do that kind of thing do so you, much obviously you're still really good friends with him now and he's obviously got a different sort of approach now to, to YouTube. Um, where's his, do you think he got to a stage where it was just a bit bit of a burnout? Or I think potentially, yeah. I think also he kind of got to a point where he just like realised he'd spent so long doing this and he hadn't actually enjoyed his life as well. And I think now when I when I look at him and I see the stuff he's doing, it he just seems happier. like he's yeah, he just seems like he's really enjoying himself at the moment, which is fair enough because he spent best part of like the later years of his childhood is sort of late teens, early 20s, not leaving the house. We would not leave the house. They often say that's the point in time as well where you like realise sort of what person you are. Mm -hmm. And I think he 
I mean, he, he smashed it, but he sort of got some living to do. Um, 100%, yeah. You moved out? Yeah. Then what? Moved out, spent sort of six months back living with my dad. Um, at that time, my channel was doing better, but I'd, I'd taken this stance not to try and grow off of him. I just start, carried on doing FIFA because I wanted to do my own thing. So it took a lot longer than I was hoping to try and sort of get to a point, but I was at a point where I could do it full time. Um, and then me and the lads, we all moved out. We uh, we moved to Leeds, this massive house in Leeds. That ended up being a shit show, but you know, we moved we moved to this house in Leeds sort of uh, late summertime of 2019, I think it was. I have to say that that 2019 winter filled my uh, filled my days with a bit of entertainment as well with the uh, with with the drama that was <laughs> was going on. Um, fortunate enough that that all played out all right though in the end. Oh man, that was a nightmare. It was a nightmare because like I def I handled it horrendously and it was genuinely all my fault that it happened. But also like I was one hundred percent a victim of just the truth, either people not like understanding what was being said about me and making their own conclusions, or like the truth being skewed a little bit because of emotions at the time. But like it all happened because it was my fault, so I've got to firm the L. <laughs> I think as well, um whenever things play out publicly like it, it just always like it just always ends badly like oh yeah terribly yeah it ended awfully um just just on that house as well because i've obviously i've spoke with a few of you lads as well about <laughs> it it's quite a funny story it's always so you all moved into a house in leeds yeah. it's basically all fifa content creators right yeah. and didn't you get a complaint about noise just for just for context place. the creators were it was myself brooksy hd flair fifa nerdfire Curbs and Visa. So you got seven lads yeah. at six PM, all going oh. mental. I don't know how we only had one internet. We had one Virgin box, and somehow it like held up. I was really impressed with that. But um, so to paint the picture, it was a really, really sick house. It was a, like a mansion in Leeds. And I mean, if you've ever been to Leeds or ever looked on Right Move, you can get a mansion for about forty-six quid a month. So <laughs> it was this lovely house in Leeds. But the problem was, it was in it was in a small courtyard where there was two other houses. So our next door neighbor who was pretty much between the distance between us, us here um, was a, an old couple named, oh, actually, I'm not going to name them. I'm just going to stop myself there. <laughs> name this, their address was this. Yeah. No, I just realized like, the thing is at the time, like I really held a grudge against these people because like they, they ruined our life for a long time. Like, I mean, it was only like four months, but it felt like a long time. They genuinely ruined our life, but also like, I can see their point of view now. Now I'm older and I've realized I can see like seven sort of early, like 19, 20 year olds moving into this house and just being a nuisance. Like I'd hate it. They also, I don't want to cut you off too much, but they also probably didn't have a clue what you were doing. Oh, they had no idea. So So, like, you see seven lads moving into a house together. You're like, what on earth is happening in this house? Yeah, it was, it was, it was mental. So when we first moved in, the, the, the problem as well is that I, I, I don't do it so much anymore, but like I had this tendency to just like treat strangers like they're my best friend. So like, just tell them everything. So originally we moved in and we were supposed to have four of us move in at the time because they didn't have what's called a HMO license, a house of multiple occupancy, which you need for, I think more than four people if they're not of a family. Um, so we were, we had to wait, um, I think it was 90 days or something like that for the, the other lads to come in. But we were just like, oh, they're not going to care if we just all move at the same time. But I told the neighbours, like, yeah, we're supposed to have four of us, but we're just going to move like the all of us in for, for now. They were, like, they were yeah. like, write that down. Yeah, right, exactly. Get that down. <laughs> Gary, get it down. Yeah, yeah. 24th September 2019. <laughs> Actually, did I tell you his name? 
No. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't Gary. I had you though. Um, yeah, so I told them that. So that was the first thing they were doing. As soon as something, as soon as they weren't happy, first thing they did was onto the estate agent. Look, we're not happy. They've got seven people living here. So estate agent comes and views it. And we had to like, we had like two days to basically pretend that Curbs, Nerdfire and someone else wasn't, I can't remember who else it was, wasn't living here. So um, we were like... I did see that when... Um... But Nerdfire was back at his house about two weeks after. Went, yeah. what happened with the house move, mate? Did it, did it not go well? Yeah, no, he basically had to go home for like a couple of days. And like, we had to like, um, we basically made his room look like it was just a storage room at the time. Um, so that wasn't that wasn't great. The the annoying thing though was that Curbs didn't drive. So what we had to do is Curbs just went into Leeds for the day whilst they came in. <laughs> Kirby, just, Kirby just had to leave for a day whilst, whilst they came in and we had to just pretend that he wasn't there. Did having loads of content creators maybe not in that example but in in other examples was it was it a good thing in the end Did oh, it was it... class when we lived there i loved it because it was just having so many people at the same time you do you could go out and do stuff it was sick but it was a bit much i think seven people in one house when you've got seven. one washing machine you've got you haven't got a dishwasher as well so we had to like every, like there was a rotor for all that sort of stuff um like you know, bathrooms, people sharing bathrooms and stuff. That became, especially when all lads and stuff like that, that became a bit of an issue. But the main issues were that we were definitely loud. Some of us were louder than others. And I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus because some of us were louder than others. Um, And also uh, we had had a football night in the back garden. So we'd like kick around a football and stuff, but the neighbours didn't like that either. Like constantly hearing me thump, you know, I hit a ball hard. So it's constantly hearing me thump a football. You got Hayward doing knuckleballs <laughs> in the back Four garden. Four in the morning. <laughs> I'd be annoyed. It wasn't a big garden either. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't a huge garden. So um, it was, yeah. So they weren't, they weren't happy. Balls going over into people's gardens and stuff like that. It was, that was, that was not happy. So um, there was a lot of complaints. But I can imagine from like a creative point of view as well, it must've been like quite nice as well, obviously to have that social life, but also everyone's creating the same style of content though. You're also all, not even that, but like, sometimes when you speak to creators nep first episode sometimes it gets lonely you've actually got people to speak about who know exactly what you're going through as well like you can walk into flair's room and be like yeah my stream weren't very good today how was it well maybe not flair's room because that guy streamed for like 18 well he had six months on six months off that guy's crazy (laughs) even now he walks into flair's room and say go away i'm about to make a million coins on this player Flair, Flair, up until this year, Flair for the first like five or six months of, of every FIFA would genuinely stream from 6am until 10pm every single day. And then he would, he would, uh, the only time I'd ever see him is if luckily I was passing him when he was going to the toilet or getting a drink or something. That was the only time I'd ever see him. And he would just, 10pm, he would turn his stream off. I'm not kidding. Go straight into his room and go straight to bed. And that was his like life for six months. It was nuts. So he wasn't one we'd see very often. But one, one thing I'd, I'd just to add on that about Flair, which I absolutely love about the guy, is like <laughs> when I spoke to him before, it must have been game comes out, say September. This was a past FIFA, maybe FIFA 22, and we and we were away together in the in this maybe in July or June. Yeah, yeah. And I said to him, "Are you not bothered about like like your like content or streaming or income?" And he goes, "No, I've made what I need to make in the yeah. six months of the year." I'm done now. I'm going to take it easy. And September when the next game March. comes out, I'll start again. I was like, that's a mindset that is. It's, mate, he's like, he's, I could not imagine doing his first six months, but like he genuinely takes the second six months off and it's like, wow, that guy lives a life. And it's also the summer that he gets off. Like, so it's just, he, the winter he's just inside knuckling down sort of 
grinding and then like it starts to get warmer outside he's just off mate he's doing whatever so you you move out of that house yeah um and then you reduce the numbers yes so um the numbers mainly reduced because it was a couple of reasons so um liam had got a girlfriend as well so we were just like well if they if he's got a girlfriend they're gonna want to move in together and stuff like that they're gonna do their own thing kirby wanted to move back with his parents he just wasn't for him and same with tom 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 is really family family orientated he loves his parents and he just did not want to be away from them anymore so he moved back with his parents um and that left us a dilemma it was like we could try and find somewhere for the five of us but we'd need to get a hmo license and also then we're living with someone who's got a girlfriend as well it's like that might have been a bit of a weird dynamic but with three of us we don't need a hmo we can just go and find somewhere and move in so we basically just did that um me, Brooksy and Flair just kind of found a place, found a place in Runcorn, just outside Lee, uh, Liverpool. <sighs> but yeah, we found we found we found that place and we moved in um for and we lived there for six months. It's six months, six months, six months. Right, yeah. It seems like a pretty like I'm guessing you weren't signing six month leases. Uh we actually did sign a six month lease wow. in Runcorn, but in Leeds oh no, we we signed six months for both of them. Leeds were only there for three months. And then we left because it was like, it was a mutual thing where it's like, all right, we just leave the, the estate agent stop gets hounding by these neighbors and stuff like that. It was like, it was a it mutual. It helps all parties. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in Runcorn, we left after five months, but that was for a few different reasons. So firstly, our downstairs toilet, there was some issue with the septic tank. So it effectively smelt like sewage in there. We had to, we sealed off the door completely. I still remember one time I hadn't warned my mum. And she'd come to visit the house and she's like, I'm just gonna go to the toilet, opens this door and gets hit with this like stench. Oh man. And it stunk the whole house out. So that was a nightmare. And and no matter how many times we told the landlord, he just refused to fix it. It was whatever. Um, the actual house itself was, was made really, it was a new build, but they'd done it really cheap. So floorboards had come up, um, bits had been flooded and things like that. Like it was an absolute nightmare. Um, and then we, after five, so after five months, the other issue was the internet. We were told we could get virgin internet, couldn't. So we're on Sky and um, this Sky internet was rubbish. So if Flair was streaming, I, I couldn't stream or upload. So what I had to do was if if I was making a video and Flair was streaming, I had to put it onto a USB and then drive to the top of this hill where I get my best phone signal, tether it to my laptop and upload it via my laptop. And I had to do that every day, sometimes twice a day. It was a nightmare. So... We gave up after five months and just moved out. While the, while all this sort of drama house oh, is going man. on, um, the YouTube content is continuing to grow. Numbers yeah. are continuing to go up, and you you started streaming a lot more as well. Um, did you start to see, especially on YouTube, like when did the the ball really start to pick up with views and subscribers and Lockdown. like? Lockdown. Lockdown, absolutely. Lockdown was crazy. Lockdown, I went from getting like 100 views on Twitch to like 2K. I went from getting like 5K views a video to like 100K. Like it was nuts. Lockdown was a crazy blow up period. Um, I'd say my only issue was that like I didn't really understand why people were watching me. Because like, I, I, you know, I think I can be entertaining. But when it, when it comes to FIFA and stuff like that, I feel like I'm just exactly the same as everyone else. Like the videos are bog standard. Like I don't think they're particularly special so like when i saw these numbers i'm like why are people watching me I, I just didn't get it um so like i just carried on doing the same thing over and over again but never really adapted anything so like yeah uh lockdown was a crazy blob and it, and it carried on for about a year eight, eight 18 months maybe a bit longer than that 
until like other people started coming along. And then like when that happened, I was just like, oh, I don't really know how to do that. People are watching other people. I don't know how to like compete. So, but before that, I had a Monopoly, mate. I loved it. I was a share play guy, man. How hard was it when... First, first question, the YouTube and Twitch, what was main priority YouTube for you? Always YouTube. When you started seeing the Twitch numbers blowing up, did you think there's a more sort of like, I can I can do this more now? Like, or was it always just, I'm just streaming to kill time, get content? Yeah, it was, it was just streaming to get content, really. Uh, I never made profit on Twitch because um, ad revenue wasn't a thing back when I was getting those numbers. Or it was, it was, but it wasn't to the level it is now. So I was like... I think I'd get like an average of two, my best month, I think I averaged two and a half K viewers. And I think I had like 400 subs. Um, and I want to say that month I made about a thousand dollars on Twitch, which it's obviously ridiculous is ridiculous. Really? Like when you consider how yeah, it's decent money. Two and a half K views. Yeah. <sighs> crazy. Like my, my biggest issue was that I didn't have management or anything like that back then. So I had no one telling me if you continue this, big companies will pay you a shitload of money for a 12 month contract to just stream with their logo on. Cause like, for two and a half K views, you could be looking at five, 10 grand a month from some companies. I didn't did, know that. Yeah. Did uh, did Facebook come knocking? Facebook did come knocking, yeah. Um, Facebook, Facebook, I had, so I can talk about this. I, obviously, the big NDAs and whatever, but like I was made a a not non-offer offer from Facebook. They basically said, we, you know, if, if this was an offer, what would you say? And they were like, they offered me something like, I think it was like 170K a year, which is just ridiculous. And I regret not taking it. But at the time, I think I was kind of smart with not taking it because had I gone to Facebook, it would have been like going from 2K viewers down to like 30. And all of a sudden I wouldn't be getting share plays. I wouldn't be getting the content. So the YouTube channel would completely die. And I think had I've taken that deal now, I think I'd be doing a normal job. What was that deal entailing? Like, what was it? It's 170,000 for the year. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember exactly what like, it was. Was it a 160 hour? No, well, I don't think it was. I think it was an eighty hour. I can't remember. There was so there was what? Why, why what did was you take it? it? What it was eighty? Oh no! Hours. Do you know what? I think it was one hundred and twenty because I think it was mid- eighty, one twenty, one sixty with the three yeah. tiers. That's not bad. One twenty hour. It was. It was great, but I couldn't stream on Twitch as well though. It was exclusive, and it's like I was making. I, I wasn't making more than that. I don't think from my YouTube channel, but from just views. But I was making more than that from like everything combined yeah. on the YouTube. So it was like. I think it just made sense longevity-wise. And trust me, I mulled this over. Like, my dad comes from a marketing background and we had, like, hours of conversations about it before I eventually said no. Like, we we looked at every angle. Like, but yeah, it just was I think it was smart not to. You also, as you said, like, the, the Twitch stream, getting those share plays is where then the YouTube flourishes. Yeah. If you then take away the content and take away the Twitch stream yeah. and take away those share plays very hard to make YouTube content in the style that you were doing with mm. shareplay heavy content. Um, I'm glad he didn't come to Facebook as well because I, I wouldn't have had any shareplays left. So uh, maybe the, in hindsight, it was a great thing. The thing is, is that I think with my content, I don't think people really watch me for me. I think people are watching to see either loads of packs or just watching for the game itself. So had I have gone to Facebook, I would not have got a lot of viewers at all. I genuinely would have got like 10, 20. I'd have got like AJ3 on TFT numbers. Like I'd have got no viewers because people wouldn't have come over to Facebook for me. They'd have just gone and found someone else on Twitch. Mm. And then coming back, I'm not like one of those big names. I'm not like a Danny Aaron. So I wouldn't have had like a big, oh my God, he's back. Let's let's go and watch him. It'd have been like... Start, I starting again. Yeah, so. literally. So I just don't think anyone would have cared 
me going either way, but I think that like year or two period where I think it might have been a two year contract. Um, I think that would have ended up me in the long run. Hurting more. Yeah. Dying off a lot quicker. Well, in terms of YouTube, so to speak, obviously, when can you remember when you uploaded your first video? Like, you can't remember. What no, we can't. talking like two thousand. And... Do you remember the first FIFA that you were doing it on? Remember the f- first FIFA I played was FIFA twelve, but I barely played that. Then I played FIFA thirteen, but I wasn't. I, I'd like made channels and stuff in like two thousand seven, and yeah. like made random videos, and I don't even remember the channel names. So I'd love to find those old videos, but I just don't even remember them. So can you remember when you got the channel monetized? What FIFA that was back then? When I made it, every channel was monetized. Okay, you didn't need requirements, nothing like that. Every single channel got monetized. So I remember, I remember my first paycheck was like a dollar ninety. <laughs> okay, from uh, from Curse Network back when I was with them. Um, what I would... do remember getting that. I was in school. I got an email. I was in like year ten or year eleven. Get in. Got an email. It's like your your revenue earnings have been paid. It was like one ninety. I was like, yeah. What a boy. And whether you want to say the figure or not, how much can a FIFA EAFC YouTuber make at peak oh, per man. month. Ridiculous. From numbers. just videos. My best month on YouTube, I had four and a half million views and I made, I think it was $19,500 plus a coin sponsor. Biggest biggest monthly coin sponsor I ever got was 18.5K plus brand deals. Like when you're making, when you're getting 100 to 200K views a video, you're getting anywhere from three to 5K for a brand deal per video. Um, and at peak, I was maybe getting two a month. Well, no, actually, at peak, at peak during the World Cup, I remember, sorry, not the World Cup, the Euros. During the Euros, I was getting this one company kept doing brand deals on my channel. It was like three per week, and they were paying like three grand a video. And it was the easiest thing, because I just uploaded the same 90-second segment in every video. And I got like seven of those in one month of them just constantly. And like, they were great as well, because they paid two days later. They didn't have like 90-day pay scales. They paid me two days later for it. So like... That was nuts. Because that's how a lot of people make their money in terms of like, if the CPM isn't great in the yeah. genre, it is from a sponsor, or brand, a, a sponsor deals, yeah. or a brand deal. So for a 90 second integration at peak, you were charging what? $3,000. Most most I charged, I think would have been like, it was anywhere from three to 5K. I think most, most I would have got probably about four and a half K pounds for one, I think would have been like the most I ever got. And then if it was a 60 second? Uh, wait, what, what, what was that one? It was I just like 90 second. They're about the same. Like, I don't think I've ever, I think, I don't think I've ever had a 60 second one. It's usually just 90 seconds. It's like, the, the max in it. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. Very good numbers. Yeah. Um, nice thing back on. I can see maybe why you didn't don't get those now. <laughs> as for uh, share plays in particular, just for anyone who's wondering as well, if you're not familiar what a share play is, uh, through the PS5, if I make a pack or an ultimate team, a icon pack, and I want Haber to open it, there's a, Thing uh, through the PS5 where you can take control over my PlayStation and open it. When, why did you start on SharePlays, firstly? And are you surprised now that SharePlays still do as well as they do? Because I think I don't no. watch SharePlay content at all. Like, if I've got content I want to do, I just open it myself. Like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't get why SharePlay content is as big as it is. I think it's just being able to open loads of the same pack and the pack contents just being crazy. Like if you did a share play opening 107.5 case, no one's going to care. But you open like an icon pack or something and people are just gassed to see like 20 or 30 different icon packs. Um, when I first started doing it, so originally it was from rewards. 
I remember back in the day when monthly rewards came out, like you'd see Nep or someone like that open two sets of monthly top 100 rewards and they would do it via logging into someone else's account, but you could only have 10 accounts per console. Um, and share play was a thing back then. It's just no one really put two and two together and thought to do it like that. So um, you'd have these content creators either, I don't know if they went out and bought new consoles or how they did it, but maybe they had it pre-recorded and sent to them, but they'd open like two or three sets of monthly rewards sort of every month. And I remember seeing those and thinking like, God, can you imagine getting like 10? Can you imagine having like a half an hour video, 10 of them? Because the longer the video, typically the better CPM. These videos got like a million views sometimes. It was crazy. And they all banged the monthly rewards. All banged. So when I started getting numbers, the issue was you had to pay people back then as well for the rewards. And I couldn't really afford to pay anyone. So when I started getting decent numbers, I could afford to pay people. I'd, I'd pay for rewards, but it'd be like elite rewards and stuff. Um, and it like it cost me like 10, 20 quid. So it wasn't, you know, the top 100s were expensive. Um, but I remember running into the same issue of the 10 account thing. So when someone told me about SharePlay just randomly, like, oh, we could play, I think it was the demo. I think I was being told you could play the demo with someone else on SharePlay. I remember thinking like, why don't you just play, why don't you just share play your, your FIFA game when opening packs? Like, so I started doing that and it was a, it took a while for people in my streams to really like get it because it was like teaching sort of new thing. But then when that finally became a thing, other content creators must have seen me do it or maybe had the same idea as well. And it just became like a big thing. Share play became like a repeated word now. It's just like a vocabulary. It's not a vocabulary now. We just know, oh, send me a share play. It's just like you send in your pack. So um, yeah, it kind of just happened like that. But there wasn't really people like ripping open 20 or 30 packs then. So when I started getting big numbers on Twitch and all I was doing is opening packs, it was like, okay, I could either spend all my money on FIFA points or... This new pack came out, boys. Do you want me to open yours through SharePlay? And when that finally caught on, yeah, it was just it just started just going like wildfire. Yeah, it was um, yeah, a, a crazy time. I still remember those views. Said 100k plus views of video, like unbe unbelievable times. Um, was that FIFA 22? Or was that FIFA 21? It was the Euros year. It was the big big year. Um, was that FIFA 20 or FIFA 21? 21. 21, yeah. So the Euros year was a big year, and then 22 was a big year as well. 23 was meh, but that's my fault because I just took half the year off, really. I just, I was so lazy last year, and then this year it's like, like this year's a slog, man. This year's so, I don't even know what's happening with, with content creators' views this year. It's crazy. How have you uh, found FC so far? Not necessarily from a, a gameplay perspective, because uh, we'd ask pro players that question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to be but, fair, he did get a few 20 no's. I did well. FIFA 19 and FIFA 20, I was actually really good at the game. I remember FIFA 19, I, I did get like Elite 1 a couple of times. Like I was actually really good. And then I stopped playing the gameplay to focus on packs. I mean, you can tell them now, like we've played each other multiple yeah. times. I'm pretty <laughs> ass at the game. Like I'll do something that's sick. Like I'll have like 10 seconds of me playing insane FIFA. And then like two minutes later, I'm conceding the dumbest goal. And you can just see why I'm bad at the game now. But like... Mm. I, I, there's still stuff there like there's still understanding of the game but it's just I don't understand it enough to be good anymore the current content that's been released I mean Black Friday recently went by um, the amount of packs and the it was a bit overwhelming to be it honest was, the sheer yeah. amount of content that's out in the game um, how have you found it from a from a content perspective as a creator like is it because I, I also noticed I've not seen you live as much on Twitch recently as well is there a, a direct correlation between views maybe being down on YouTube a little bit and not wanting to be live on Twitch as well? Or 
Um, for me this year, personally, it's just I've had personal stuff going on, which is why I've not been doing a whole lot this year. Um, I had some tragic events in the summer, and that's kind of why I've not been doing a huge amount this year. But I think I'll be back to regularly streaming and doing a lot probably after Christmas. I think like that's probably enough time to get stuff sorted. And then after Christmas, I think I'll be back to doing like longer streams and posting more content. But I think in general, the content this year is just a bit like, it's a bit, a bit the same, isn't it? It's just the same thing now. It's been a few years of just, okay, 6 p.m. We'll get either a pack or a player book or something. We'll open it and then that's that. So what do you think would be the best case scenario in terms of new content to come through? I don't know. I, I've I've often thought this. I thought, what what can they do that's new? Because realistically, all they can really do is bring out a pick or a pack because the game is limited to what you can actually do, right? You just get another good player or like, you know what I mean? So I don't know. Um, I don't think the content is like, it's not for us. Like it's for the newer players. Yeah. Like, we've seen all this before. Like yeah. the crazy SPCs that come out, the icon packs that come out, like I've been playing ultimate team since what? 2011 since SPCs came in midway through uh, the 2010s. We've seen it all. Like there's only so much you can do. And I think we've seen like the newer stuff in the store, the huge untradeable packs, the, Two, three, three and a half thousand FIFA point packs or FC packs, should I say? Sorry, yeah. Um, it's that's the content that is new. Yeah. But unfortunately, for a lot of people in a cost of living crisis, they can't afford to mm. consume that content, or um, they want more gameplay oriented content rather than store or SBC content. I think as well, it's just a lot more competitive. There's a lot oh, more yeah. people doing share plays now, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so to 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 trot like I would love to know from you, Haber, is like that process of trying to be the trying to be first out, you know, because you used to have it down to a T. Tom, Tom, uh, Tom's pretty good at the moment. X, when I did the XL podcast, Tom, Tom had a really good thing. He said he called it the six pm rat race, and actually that's a really good term. Um, my process is that I'll just I just edit it as I go along. So I just have it on another monitor. I just have it editing, and then when I open a pack whilst I'm joining that share play, I'll stick it in, chop it, and sort of yeah get it all sorted out but like so what time do you go live then sort of half five half five till like max 7 p.m just depends really my favorite my f I've, I've watched a decent amount of your streams my favorite bit is content comes out okay guys we've got an 86 plus hero mm. pack let's get into the first one and it's like the you can tell when okay i'm taking it from now that's the pack okay talk to the chat thanks for the sub yeah okay next pack Pack number two, let's see what we've got. It's just like the, you know exactly, this bit's going in the video, this bit's not, this bit's going in the video. I suppose that's just, that's how you get it out so fast. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I've got a little bit better now at sort of talking in those points, but it's like those little cuts, like I will not talk because then I, I see the audio peaks like talking and then and then talking again. Yeah. So I've kind of got a bit better at that, but I, yeah, that is, the funniest one is like doing the coin swans at the start. I'd be like, right guys, content's out. Insert coin sponsor here. Yeah. It's 20 seconds gone by yet? Yeah. Might have been. Yeah, so let's open the pack. So that in, is funny. In terms of the the titling of the video, because I've seen that change over times as well, when you've got maybe like, let's just say, Bates and Orzio yourself, X, X, Y, and Z, share play content that's coming out. It's like 43 of the icon packs or 27 <laughs> of the icon packs or 51 of the icon packs. Is that just the case of like everyone's trying to look at like 
How many? Everyone's just looking to get the extra number in there, or I don't know. I, I always keep mine very like, 20, 30, 15. Like I try and keep mine in five intervals, um, and I will just lie if it's not. If I've opened twenty four, I'll just call it twenty five. If I've opened nineteen, it's twenty. Like who's I'm sure there'll be them? someone in the comments. If someone counts them, bro, fair enough. You know what I mean. You get a pin in the comment, like I. But yeah, I'll just like people aren't going to care, are they? they no. You know, they just want to see a bunch of the packs. True. Um. So that's happened, and obviously you came out last year on on Twitter and saying that you've had a lot of time off as well in terms of the content. What did you do in those sort of six months? Because you said last year you didn't really properly sort of push yourself through. Did load. I went watched a load of football matches and travelled a little bit. Um, what was I do? Some days I was just being lazy, um, but yeah, a lot of it was just kind of doing a bit of travelling, watching football matches, and and kind of just taking a bit of time off. I, I guess as well that you've you sort of enjoyed like the the, the fruits of your labour. Do you know what I mean? Kind of. Yeah, I think the the one thing that I made a mistake on last year was thinking that I was I had it difficult though. I used to like through. I, I definitely put in a big slog for a couple of years, like streaming a lot of hours and posting videos every day and stuff like that. And then I got to a point where I thought I had it hard done. I was like, oh man, I work so hard and I'm so tired all the time. And then I sort of realized eight or nine months into the year, I was like, this is the f this is the fucking dream job. What is wrong with me? Why am I acting as if I'm like, have a hard life? Like it's easy. I just play a game. Like, so when I realized that, that's when I started working harder again. But then I was like, unfortunately, this game is a really is a consistency based game, and if you're not super consistent, you will fall off very quickly. So when I started working hard again, I'm like, oh crap, I might have blown it, and my numbers aren't aren't amazing anymore. So um, I wish I'd have I wish I had that epiphany earlier, where like, because it it almost took a lot of stress off my shoulders when I realised actually it's not a difficult job. Do you? Uh, we'll be wrapping up the, the first half very shortly. Um, last question from me before we we do blow the whistle. Do you enjoy? the current state of the FC YouTube sort of scene? Not at all. There's no creativity in it anymore. Well, there, there kind of is. Like, you've got different sides of it. You've got, like, Chuff and, and Raz and people like that that have, like, a really fun, creative element to their content. And then you've got our side, which is just the most mundane, monotonous, same thing every day. And I don't enjoy that at all. I wish there was, like, more creativity. But the, the issue is the YouTube YouTube is a game. And unfortunately, the rules of the game are if you do this sort of content, you can't, put any sort of heart into it because it does not get rewarded at all like what gets rewarded is being consistent and being there at the same time it doesn't matter if you're a mundane person or not if you're the most energetic person if you're creative if you're not creative you just have to be consistent and quick it is a little bit on on one side it's a little bit sad in some ways though because you have to be so consistent to a point where you don't have there's a lot of sacrifices that you have to make like you need to be there every night at the same time you need to upload first and it can play a huge toll on you, but at the same point, it can be so incredibly rewarding. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think the the one issue I used to have a lot with it was that I felt like my days were being robbed a little bit because it was like, it's such an awkward time sometimes. Going live at like 4 or 5 p.m. through to like 7 p.m., having that like period is, all, is awkward because it's like, if it was in the morning, get it done in the morning and you've got the rest of the day. If it was late in the evening, you've got the entire day and then you work in the evening. Because it's kind of like, in the middle of the day, you haven't got enough time to spend a day doing something, but you haven't got enough time to spend an evening doing something. You've kind of got to do half and half. And I think that's why I used to feel hard done by. So I was like, oh, I can't go and enjoy doing this because I'm not going to get back in time to stream or I can't do this because I can't leave early enough to get there in time and stuff like that, you know, or, or enjoy the night. So yeah, that was kind of like, 
the issue. I think I think the person with the best schedule is run the foot market because I went over to New York last year and he his like schedule he will stream from like I think eight a.m. his time through to like two three p.m. and do like a seven eight hour stream of like and he will do his grind. Then he's got like three p.m. until the rest of the day to do whatever he wants and it's like normal time for everyone as well. Because like the issue is if you if you have time a bad difference, right, yeah, like well. if it's like seven p.m. and you finish at seven p.m. You're like right, let's do some stuff. And people have got normal jobs; they're just finishing work and they're knackered. They don't want to do stuff. Like they don't they want to go enjoy their. Eat, you know what I mean? So that that kind of schedule is amazing. I wish I had that. Yeah. So in terms of the last question, I'd say is in terms of you said it's a bit mundane in the content. Would you like to try and change that style of content? Would you like to do some more in real life football stuff? I saw you do a few bits of that. Yeah, I love doing the football videos. It's just that again, they don't really correlate that well. If if they did a bit better, because like I, I did a football video in the summer, loved it, but also cost me a lot of money. I think I spent like 700 pound in total, 800 pound in total making the video. Like I had someone professionally edit it and stuff like that. Loved the video. was really proud of it. Thought it was a great video. And I think it got like 9K views. And it's like from 9K views, maybe make it back like 70, 80 quid maximum if you've got a great CPM. Like it's just, not, not worth yeah, it. it's just sinking so much money. It's like, it's difficult. Well, I think we're in a good place, Rich, to uh, to call half time on the Four Ninety podcast. When we're back, we'll be doing and finding out a lot more about our guest. It's Haber, so don't go anywhere. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, it's time to kick off the second half in the Full 90 podcast with our guest in the hot seat. It's Haber. Um... We kick off the second half with a half-time snack. I asked you for your snack. You didn't give me one, really. You, so you panicked me a little bit, I can't lie. I've given Richard the task to get your snack this week. If you are listening to this on uh, audio platforms, you won't be able to see us. Because come over to YouTube. Also, producer Dave, part-time. He's yeah. uh, unable to join us today. Producer Dave's on annual leave, so he's normally the man that gets the snacks. Richard's got you two snacks, What okay? would you like? What, what would you I... have wanted? I, see, I don't... I don't... I, oh, I don't know. I'm really bad. He like he kept pressing me for this, and it was really panicking me. Okay, I, don't, well, I have no well, idea. I got you a bag of carrots. Do you know what? I'm not kidding. I love carrots. I'm not even joking. I actually love carrots. So there you go. Well, the point, I like them cooked. I don't like raw carrots. So I'm actually surprised you've, you've been somewhat happy with that. He did get you another snack as well. I genuinely love carrots. I'm well, not there kidding. You go. I see. Carrots, <laughs> and, carrots and peas, by the way. I absolutely love them. This wasn't supposed to go like that. Esports, um, Reese's white. Yeah, I've gone for a Reese's peanut butter cup. You would normally get this in the Christmas sort of selection pack. Do you like Reese's peanut no, butter? No, 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 not a fan. Don't like peanut butter. You might be able to hear mine. <laughs> right, you put it near the camera. You can hear. You can hear Richard's coming. Oh, top tier, top tier. Got a chocolate Santa. Three pounds. That cost. 
Other Santas are available. Lint mint chocolate. Mint? Milk, chocolate. milk, 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 sorry. Uh, so this will be getting eaten. He probably will eat this now as well. Um, can you get the other snack out? So we were expecting you to say, why have you got me carrots? But you didn't say that. Um, oh. And a Penfez go-to. Really? They were his snack. Do you know what? I'd say the best, best, crisps, are, best crisps are McCoy's Flame Grill Steak. Oh, we saw them in the shop. So the just ones. for audio listeners, these are Paprika, uh, Punchy, Max, <laughs> Walker's. Bursting with flavour. They are top tier, to be fair. So, thank you very punchy. much. They're, uh, they're, very they're much. probably stink as I'm well. I'm actually going to take these carrots home, by the way. I'm not even joking. Well, they are reduced, so get them home and get them cooked. Tonight, and, I love or, them tonight. Or, or eaten soon. Um, I do like carrots. I mean, Rich can undo his chocolate Santa as we kick off the second half now. Before you, before you, how are you going to eat that? Are you going to go for the full on, just like <sighs> top of the head, or like we, what? We might as well wait for Rich. Right, go on, Rich. Or are you going to break it up? Uh, like no, I, I'm going to just. Uh... <laughs> I respect it. Can you imagine if they weren't hollow, by the way? Like, just... Right. Imagine that, that down chocolate. for a second. Um, <laughs> where do we... Laugh about chocolate. We need to bought you selection box as well. But we... I, not good, I nearly bought you both a selection box and brought it with me. I oh, like, my God. What? The I Christmas thought, joy thought, really thought, is thought, here. that's a bit cringe, isn't it? So I was like, I didn't do it. That's very kind of you. Well, the thought. It's the thought that it's counts, the thought. isn't it? Yeah. Um, where do we want to kick off this second half? Because we've spoken so much about YouTube. I want to talk about you for a second, right? I want to bring up a story on this oh, podcast. Oh, here we go. Right, Greece. Go Greece. 2022, okay. was it? I'll just kick back and enjoy you my just, Santa. You just this sit man, back and relax. right? So we went to, what? which one was it? Was it Rhodes? So we went to Rhodes in Greece. We went to Rhodes in Greece, right? This man got us a brand deal for the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> just some context on this, That's right? That's the most Brandon Smith thing I've ever heard in my brand life. Brand deal right. Smith, mate. We called him brand deal Smith the whole week. Um, so... <laughs> I wanted to go away in the summer and I'll be honest, like my mates were working. I needed someone that had a sort of similar sort of With that choice. Job, job to me. And I know that you boys wanted to go away as well. Yeah. So I was like, look, I'm in touch of a hotel in, in Rhodes in Greece and they'll basically do us like an influencer package. Just for context on this, we did pay to go to this hotel. They didn't pay us to go there. I thought, well, they paid me, but not the others. Um, and basically the deal was go to this hotel and in return we had to do some Instagram stories. <laughs> like I did think when I saw um middle of middle of July scrolling my Instagram feed. <laughs> Brandon Smith's story. Lovely to be out here in <laughs> thanks to the hotel. Right, so just context on this. So it was me, Haber, Nerdfire and Flair, right? So just for context, in terms of who owns an Instagram account, me and Haber do, the other two don't, or it's very not it doesn't run, does it? You tell them that they're small. Tom's got Tom's got a personal Instagram account that he doesn't really post much yeah. on. He's like for himself, like he doesn't have many followers or anything like that. So it's not that they were small, rich. They just didn't use the account. Yeah. And like so, the deal was right, lads. We can get you a deal. Um, basically, the rooms were about two hundred a night. But you could do it for hundred a night, all inclusive. Um, let's let's go away for four or five nights, right? Uh, it's also a little bit of context, right? These rooms were not worth a hundred a night, let alone two hundred a night. This hotel. He's he, he's had he's had the pelters he's had the pelters for it right this hotel stank up the gaff it was terrible <laughs> honestly after one day they were moaning about everything. <laughs> they yeah, moaned about we, everything <laughs> we didn't see him for for half the time right we'd we'd be walking down he'd just be passing us going from one massage to the spa <laughs> and to the coffee bar or whatever like but, um, on a real note it was a. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And it was, no, it was a, great. It was, it was a great, like, good to chill out it, five days we went for, six days? Yeah. But then it was like, Maria, Maria was hounding us. Yes. So <laughs> just to end this conversation before we move on, the deal was, right, you got this discount. Can we do some posts? Haber did his posts, didn't yep. you? Yeah, saying, you know, lovely time at the hotel. Professional, yeah. Flair still owes me three Instagram stories. <laughs> 
Tom Nerdfire, if you're watching this, mate, you owe me an Instagram story and the hotel. Um, and that was the last influencer uh, this, this trip, trip we did. This manager lady, by the way, Maria, was, I'm not kidding, she waited in the lobby for us because she was trying to chase these, she was trying to chase these Instagram posts for us because she oh. gave us this discount. And her, her head was on a platter here. She ran, she ran the hotel Instagram account. She's not getting the traffic. Oh. And she literally waited in the lobby. She's like, Brendan, where are my Instagram posts? Oh, that's good. It was, uh, it was, it was a good time. And again, I'd love to do it again, but I, think, I actually would. Yeah, I don't I'm think down. we'll be getting the, uh, the the deal this time. No, not that. I would go somewhere else though. I'd love you to come on these trips, but you just don't like hot holidays, do you? No, mate. Me and the sun don't get on. Anyway, we're moving on from that. Um, <laughs> where we wanted to kick off the second half was is I guess a little bit on the the negative side of content creation. We spoke about how consistent you have to be and how draining it could be and the burnout. In terms of you, like from being in this game. What have been some of the difficult moments for you in terms of just like, it, it does get quite lonely, this job. You've got the pleasure of living with two of your good friends who do yeah. a very similar job to you, which I'm sure helps. But what are some of the hard times in this in this profession? I don't find the hard times come mainly from the actual profession. I feel like it's hard times outside of it. And the difficult thing is then not having the time to deal with stuff outside of it. I think that's the main issue. So like, I, like I said, I've had some crap go on this year and it's like not being able to take proper time off to then deal with that or or having to deal with that whilst you're like then trying to put on this sort of arm stream and i'm like you know what i mean so that's probably the hardest part about it to be honest um like i said uh, the rest of it it really isn't a difficult it's not that difficult of a gig the burnout is quite difficult and i understand from net's point of view as well because like nep is in a bit of a an interesting position i think mentally where like he's I don't know how much he spoke about it with you on, on the podcast. I don't want to like put words in his mouth, but obviously with kids, I think he's got this drive that's different to like a lot of us where like he's driving to try and set his kids up for life. So it's like he he thinks about it differently. He is so zoned in. I think there's a lot of the older content creators that think like that. So I can see where they get burnt out a lot more. Whereas I think with me, the burnout is the burnout happened to me like a couple of years ago. And that's why I sort of spent half the, half the year last year not really doing much. But then... Yeah, I don't think it's that difficult of a job. It's just the stuff outside then that you have to not bring inside and stuff that, yeah. Um, you posted something on social media that was outside in your personal life uh, announcing you coming out. Yeah. Um, last year, I think it was. Two years ago Two now, years I think, ago. I want to say. I um, right after that holiday. Brandon <laughs> just made me realise. Like, oh. <laughs> the... <laughs> um, I heard you speaking on another podcast um, and you said that you, you weren't going to sort of publicly say anything. Um, I suppose the question I've got for you is why did you think it was the right time when you did announce it to uh, sort of open up yourself and, um, and, and show the, the, the true Haber? I don't know. Uh, I think the only the way I can explain it is if you've got something like that that you're sort of holding on to, it's like you ever had an argument with someone that you're really close with and you, that you feel on your shoulders, you feel that pressure that built up, like because you're angry at them, but also you don't want to be and you want it to be over. And then when you're like, either they apologize, you apologize, like that relief, all of it finally, like it's off your chest. It was kind of a bit like that. Uh, and what had happened was EA had given that lad from Blackpool or something like that, like a special card. And the reaction was awful. The reaction was terrible. And all I could think of was like, I, I could imagine so many kids or people like teenagers whatever like that are holding on to that then seeing the reaction and i was just like 
I can't imagine what it would have been for me 10 years ago if I'd have seen that, seen the reaction and like I would have made me almost hate myself. You know, I can imagine people genuinely being angry at themselves for the way they are because of the reaction people have. So I sort of took it upon myself to then try and I tried to change the narrative a little bit to try and make anyone that was either watching my content or around at the time feel a bit better, really. Um, and I think that's worked a little bit. Like I've had a lot of messages over the last couple of years from like, the, the one thing I get a lot is I get a lot of dads messaging me asking how to deal with it, how to sort of deal with a scenario if they think their kid's gay or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a bit of that. And it was just kind of a bit like, if I get it over with now as well, whilst there's already a bunch of it, ha like, uh, like you know, that lad came out and there was stuff happening in the fifth community, then it's like, it's all one big clump then. It's not like, okay, two years down the line, oh, now it's all about... Habers came out now or whatever like it's all in one thing and it's over with then and then we can all move on kind of thing you sort of being able to control your own story as well yeah exactly yeah I think like it was just it just it kind of just all it was one of those things where you just think the timing just makes sense so and looking back at it I think it, yeah maybe I could have done it earlier maybe maybe I didn't do it at all who I don't think it really matters well, that, that was gonna be our question obviously you're 25 now right yeah so like how long would you say that you wanted to maybe Sort of come I don't, out I don't think I really it. wanted to, to be honest. I just wasn't that bothered. Like to me, it's a normal thing. Yeah. But um, then I know that a lot of people don't think like that. And so. my other question was: Did any of your close peers know, or did you just keep it to yourself? They all want to sit there and act like they did, right? But Brooksy was the main one. Oh yeah, I knew. I know. Fuck off, did you? Come on. I don't give off that vibe at all. No one knew. Um, I didn't really tell anyone, but not not like there was there was. I think a couple of people in my life that knew. Um, just if ever it came up in conversation or whatever. Um, but then apart from that, I don't think anyone else knew. How's it changed your your content or maybe, I don't know, maybe your streams? Because I've seen some terrible, terrible tweets yeah. on socials come at you, but then the way you deal with it is just, you know. I, know, I couldn't believe Richard tweeted all that stuff. <laughs> the, way <you> deal, <laughs> the, way, the way you deal with the, uh, the haters is just, is just incredible. Um do you know on the on the night that happened, I lost I think like three K subs on YouTube on that night, which was just mind sad blowing. Reality, really, yeah. It was mind blowing because I was like, I thought maybe I lose a few hundred. I was like three. I didn't know that many people because I only but came out on, on but Twitter. Why do people care? Yeah, that's, 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 that's no the idea. Uh, one of my favorite things was that when I made that tweet, there'd be like content creators like congratulating me. My favorite thing was people reply, "You're next. Come on, your turn." Like Danny Aaron's replied, like uh, some some at King, whatever, and then sort of like the top reply, the top like reply was like your turn now, Danny. And I was creasing at those ones, reading it. Like people like Spencer, Owen, people were replying that to Spencer. I'm like, mate, he's he's, he's like, got a child on yeah, his he's got like. So I was creasing at that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was a huge, there's a huge negative about it. I think I, I, I do think I would have lost a lot of people on sort of Twitch and YouTube that just have never watched me again because of that. It's what it is. Like I'm not. Like I don't. You know. It sucks, but whatever. Um, but I've I just always some... tried to like maintain how I've always been. Like I've not changed any at all as a person. Yeah. So we we've always said this as well. Like sometimes in life there has to be a moment where like the perspective changes mm -hmm. for a lot. And I think you know for you doing what you did and for being brave about it. Like you, you've I reckon you've changed that for, that mindset for a lot of people. I also think just going on like the 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 hate that like. People, it's just like it's an an easy thing to say. Like, oh yeah, 100%. like I get it all the time. Like, oh, um, what did I get called the other day? Like, uh, oh, like a bag of washing. 
I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, uh, McDonald's hairline, overweight, like all that stuff. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, okay, yeah. fairs. I know. Like, my, my favorite one is uh, someone would say, you're fat and gay, pick a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Which was like, we've got it, like, we've had it so much that it's just like, it's not even, it, it's more sad that, like, that's actually an insult. Like, yeah, yeah, it that's is. That's a sad reality that, like, yeah. it's not an insult. It's weird because it's just, like, normalized for me now. Like, I don't even yeah. think of it as, like, an insult. It's just, like, a normal thing now. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it doesn't really affect me, but I can, I can see why it affects a lot of other people. Um, like you say, there's been some awful, awful stuff, but then there's also been, like, a lot of positivity around it as well. Yeah. But the one thing I've like kind of made sure is that it's never really been a personality trait of mine or anything like that. And I've always said like, I've been offered so many like deals because I'm now a minority or whatever, or like I'm a differential in a deal. And I've never took them. Um, like they, they, I got offered to go to Qatar in the world cup. Why would I like, why would I go to Qatar, mate? Like, you know, mm. what a silly idea that is. But like, it was like this whole like, oh, you know, we want to see an LGBT Q fucking content creator go over there and show it's like normal. I was just like, like what? It's just so yeah. I've just made sure like to just be me. I've not changed at all. I'm no different whatsoever. I don't try and make it this big song and dance. Like I'll, I'll take the piss out myself for it. You know what I mean? Like I'll literally sit there and joke about it to myself or to other people about myself. So that's not. It's not. What other opportunities have you had? Oh, all sorts. Um, loads of stuff where like they just want like that token gay person or whatever just to like you know be there and and show that they're like different oh look at us we care we're an ally whatever i don't really give a shit like it's just it just doesn't you know i don't care gonna change change topics um manchester united (laughs) can we change the topic again (laughs) (laughs) um i mean firstly you're born in leicester where did Man United... I was born in Manchester. Oh, born in Manchester, yeah. lived in Leicester. I lived in Leicester. I grew okay. up in born in Old Trafford. <laughs> I was born in Old Trafford. Yeah, I was born in the suburb of Charlton stand. No. Yeah, I was born I was born in a place called Bury. Always a United fan? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was born in I was born in Bury, which is like great in Manchester. All my family support Man United. Um, I grew up around sort of Man United fans or whatever. Um, I mean, you will in Leicester anyway, to be honest. Like, you know. Um, but no, I, yeah, I, I grew up in Leicester. So I had every opportunity. The thing is... The funny thing about it is, so I, I had a season to get at Leicester for a little while when I was a kid, just because just to watch football, or whatever. Like I really enjoyed it. Um, like I had a trial at Leicester and stuff like that. So Leicester was a big part of my life growing up as a football club, but they were League One, and they they were crap, you know. Like and then they were Championship for a little while. Obviously, they got into the Premier League. But the funny thing about living in Leicester is, after 2016, the amount of Leicester fans, 20x, 30x. All my friends that I grew up with that were my, like my United fans, Liverpool fans, Chelsea fans, Arsenal fans, they all now support Leicester. All right, yeah, okay. Not this season, back in the Championship, the yeah, change no. allegiances again now. It's crazy. You, it's not. It's Leicester have got about 400,000 season ticket holders, apparently. You, you, <laughs> that's what, yeah, like, it is a joke, though. Like, it's, it's that, that was always, I always, didn't annoy me. I just thought it was a bit silly that like all these guys now, now they've won the league or they look likely to win the league because the main thing was the lead up to it. About five games left of the season. That's when they all started supporting Leicester and that's when like people were hanging flags out the windows and stuff like that. Like, And there are a lot of people that were genuine Leicester fans the whole time, but in comparison, like it's nuts how many there are now. It's, uh, it's an interesting one because, you know, you're one of the 
the few people that I actually think gets Twitter right as well, or X. I so, so in terms of like just interaction, you get interaction on the platform with some of the like person I don't really know how to grow on Twitter or, or but your tweets about everything do really well on there, especially when you're speaking about United. There's a lot of passionate tweets that went on there, especially when it's not going too well. Does it yeah, ever get a, a great question I'd love to ask is does it as a United fan, do you ever just like just think I just can't be bothered anymore? Yes. Yeah, every week. Every week. Because it just feels like as people say the merry go round of Man United, like it feels like sometimes the amount of pressure you get from all the stuff that's going on is actually somehow good to the like in terms of for the clubs. Like the clubs, like whoever comes in as manager, it's a great start at the beginning, and then it goes downhill. But then everyone's talking about it. it's in the media all the time. It's always being spoken about Manchester United. It's like if we're not going to be great, then let's just talk about how bad we are. Yeah. Um, well, there's there's definitely a roadmap for being a Man United content creator and just like being negative all the time and growing. Um, I think my problem, I, I don't tweet about United to get numbers. I just do it because it's like, I get so emotional when watching football, so emotional. And like everything I tweet is so raw. And it's not like a, a, a like I remember last season, you know, when we started off with the two losses, I tweeted out, we're getting relegated. I genuinely in my heart believed we were getting relegated. Like in my heart believed it. So like, but then you have a lot of other content creators in the United space now that, have learned that the trick is to just constantly shit on the club and players and constantly tell everyone how bad we are or why this play is a problem, why that play is a problem, and that's how you get numbers. And that's why it exhausts me. It's not so much the club that exhausts me because that, you know, you get emotional fatigue out of anything, but it's the constant like moaning about certain players or or a manager and stuff like that. And it's like it annoys me because you go back eight months and you see them loving that player or loving that manager. So that sort of reactionary sort of, I'm reactionary in the game, but like, you know, two days later on, on a Tuesday, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like I, I can think logically now. I'm not sat there still blaming someone for a goal or something, you know? I saw you did a, a couple of bits. Was it the United stand? Yes. Um, is that something post FC content, not necessarily with United stand that you might go and do your own football content? Like, is that something that interests you or is it just sort of a guest appearances here and there? I'd love, I'd love to to talk about football and have like a proper football podcast, but I also don't have the sort of, I don't know how to describe it. Like United Stand, they they do it really well because Goldbridge is such a really good marketing person. Like, and I know for a fact a lot of the stuff that Goldbridge does, like he he knows in his head that that's clippable and that will go viral as a clip and stuff like that. And I don't have that kind of thing. And I think that there is so many people now that have a football podcast that like it's the same two people talking about football every week and they just talk about the same thing over and over again and it just gets so boring so it's like i'd love to sit there and talk football and if people cared but i don't think people are caring enough to sit there and listen to me talk football for two hours a week with the same person about the same thing over and over again like this is what podcasting's for in my opinion having a guest on and asking and figuring out people about figuring out things about other people or like you know what i mean i don't think it's talking about Man United for two hours is is a thing. So yeah, it would probably just be like guest appearances here and there and stuff like that, really. Yeah, I did see you, you went on um True Geordies as well. I saw you yeah. did like a bit of a football chat show there. Yeah. Um I actually got asked to go on one of those, but as a Brighton fan, but I couldn't do that weekend. We might have been sitting next to each other. No, yeah. Um I did did United Man City one where that was just me and Brian. Brian's a top guy, by the way. Really, really nice guy. I love that guy, he's awesome. But then Fancy the podcast? 
honestly, you, Brian, Brian's got a lot of really cool stories about like YouTube and stuff as like, like that as well. But he's one of those people, I think he'd be a bit similar to Nep in the sense that like, he's got such a level head with everything. And he's he's gone through so much with that, that I think he'd be perfect to like, like almost like grill and figure out mm. all these things mm. that have happened. Um, but like the one, the one that was tough about the 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 kickoff was when it was the Newcastle versus Man United Carabao Cup final. I was the only United fan, two Newcastle fans, two Arsenal fans that hated United. I was completely ambushed. I was one against four. It was a painful two hours. Luckily, we won. That's what made it all worth it. But it was just like everything was just constantly a dig at United, a dig at United, and I was just like, oh, I just want to watch the game and scream <laughs> when Casemiro scores. You know what I mean, like. Well, speaking of Manchester United, if you had to name your five-a-side Manchester United team of all time, who's in there? Of all time? Oh, you put me on the spot here. That's not fair. Um, I think in a five-a-side... So we're, we're making this squad that makes sense for five-a-side, right? So... Because uh, well, is like the perfect five-a-side keeper. Can you just feet? Can just ping a ball up to somebody? Okay, like... let's talk about quality. Okay. Not we're going down to goals to play five-a-side. Yeah. <laughs> So let's go all time five aside teams are best in their positions or best in their category, so right. to speak. So we're going down to goals. I picked De Gea because he's amazing with his feet, like it, saving with feet. Obviously, he can't pass the ball to save his life, but that guy made so many saves with his feet that were just outstanding. Over Van der Sar? Yeah, well, Van der Sar was a quality keeper, but I think football was a bit different back then as well. Um, I think De Gea is a shot stopper, I, I think was better than Van der Sar as a shot stopper, but I think Van der Sar was more of a complete keeper in his time. Um, so I'd take, if, if you're asking me to go down goals and play against someone, I'm taking De Gea. And that's like, and don't get me wrong, I'd also love Anana because he's like, he can ping a ball and whatnot. But like De Gea, you get like a bottom corner thing. And I'm not getting De Gea is the only goalie I'd know in existence that is, that is getting down to that quick enough to get it. In terms of defence, I'd maybe go one one CB, two centre mids, one striker. I feel like that's a bog standard five aside. Um, so I could be like, oh, I'll go Vidic because he's just the, the Serbian brick shit out, isn't he? But... Part of me, four five aside, would want to take Leicher, Lissandro Martinez, because he's just so like I think he's really well rounded. So I'd probably go Lissandro. Midfield, Paul Scholes is first name on the on the list, a hundred percent. And then maybe a winger now, or I'd go, I'd go honestly, I'd I'd go someone like Fred in midfield. Fred. Relentless energy, relentless energy. What Fellaini up top? <laughs> no, no, no. No, um, I think Chicharito. Like, no, I'm joking, obviously. Uh, Louis you got, Saha. You gotta go Rooney up top, haven't you? Yeah. But like, telling me Fred wouldn't cook on five aside. He just yeah, but I'm stop. just thinking if I'm building the five aside, I'm thinking if you, I if need you a winger actually, now. I want to go for a winger. Nah, five aside. You don't need a winger. You just need you need TR seven. I mean, Ronaldo up top would be fantastic as well. Yeah. To Rooney or Ronaldo, which one? I think I'd pick Rooney still. I'm thinking of it from a from a five aside perspective. Obviously, like if I went with two up top and one midfielder, I'd pick Ronaldo with him because Ronaldo is just one of the best ever. But like I'm just thinking like someone that can pick a ball up next to the next to the wall on this right hand side, right? Who's gonna just f- drill one bottom left when you when you need a goal? Is Rooney's gonna just absolutely lever one, do you know? Drop man. I know I'm gonna get pelters for putting Fred in there, by the way, but tell me Fred wouldn't be an amazing five aside player. He wouldn't get yeah, in my all time eleven or anything like that. But like I mean, you're not you're not a United fan, but if you've got, got, you got I've watched five, I've on. watched enough for Man United. I would probably go I think De Gea in goal's a good shout. I'd go Rio at centre half. Probably midfield Rooney. That's and... a yeah, fair shout. Fred, yep. 
keen. Five yeah. side gets a bit rough. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> and then up top, uh, Barbatov, Dimitar. Ooh, he did yeah. do a little like five side. Mm. I don't think about Barbatov. To be what fair. a player! Yeah, that's um, a great shout. Well, another thing to move on to. I heard you've been busy, Richard, planning. I've been very busy. Um, it's a Premier League eleven player challenge. Explain the rules. So uh, you're and allowed. Just to confirm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not playing. Premier League all time eleven, but you're only allowed one player. From one club or one nation. So, for example, if I take Kevin De Bruyne, I'm not allowed to take another player from Chelsea or Man City or from Belgium. Haber, your team. Right, this really stressed me out because Richard's the kind of person that I want to impress when it comes to ball knowledge. We would do these, when we when we play pro clubs, we'd have these like pre-pro clubs quizzes. And I was, always, <laughs> yeah. I was always trying to like think of the most obscure answer because I was just wanting to impress Rich because he's just, his ball knowledge is ridiculous. So like, I would always want to impress him. So I'm really hoping that, that you quite like this one. All right, go for it. So I've gone in goal, Brad Guzan. Okay. Not, not an amazing keeper, but I, I thought with a goalkeeper, get rid of, get like, you saw an obscure nation and, and maybe not a, a team that you're going to want an outfielder from. Yeah, I like that. I think it makes sense. Right back, Seamus Coleman. Yep. Ireland, Everton. Good shout. Out the park. I went with the company at centre-back. Okay. Man City. And I know Belgium's a really good one to tick off, but like I thought... I, Your Man City token's gone though, right? Yeah, exactly. I thought it was it was a really tough one because, you know, I, like I wanted other players from, from there as well, but I kept getting down to CB and not having amazing options. So I really wanted to focus on getting a, a balanced team as well. I went with Thiago Silva as a second centre-back, uh, Chelsea, Brazil. And then nice. at left-back, I went with Gareth Bale. Wow. It's okay. A shout. So it's a, a, a pretty solid defense. If you're taking them in their in their peaks, because Seamus Cole was a bloody good right back at oh, this time. Fantastic. Midfield. Steven what, Gerrard. What formation, by the way? Four three three. Yep. Steven Gerrard. Got it like easy one one man, one club man, you know. I went with uh Darun, the Dutch. Did he play for Middlesbrough? Right? I know you sat there like Okay. Why? But Darun at Atalanta is actually a really solid all round midfielder. Yep. Third one, it's a bit of an interesting one, with Esteban Cambiasso. Okay. I just thought, you know. Did he play for Leicester? Leicester City. Yeah, and he was a good player, man. 2015 player of the year. He was <laughs> great. Do you know, because I, I, I remember watching him and it was just so obvious he was better than everybody yeah. else. It was crazy. My front three, Ronaldo right wing. Yep. Henri left wing. Yep. <laughs> I went with Michu up top. Meet you, a little bit of the old. Okay. That, do you remember that whole season Unbelievable for Swansea. Unreal. So that's my team. And it's a bit like, you know, but I, like this really stressed me out, honestly. It was a really difficult one to to, to sort of go through. And just for context, to remind everyone at home, that isn't the all-time Premier League 11. No, that is one, one nation, one club challenge. And if I've messed it up and like one of these guys played for an academy somewhere, apologies. Like I did try and do my thorough research on this. Let us know in the comments down below what yours would be. Yeah, Richards, you've been... I I've can't been imagine busy. what you've been planning for I've this. Right, busy. one nation, one club, Premier League XI, what is it? Goalkeeper, Hugo Lloris. French okay. Spurs. Right back, Coleman. I think it's yeah. just the go-to. Yeah. My centre-backs are not very good. Oh, no. Uh, Winston Reid, he was really good at Do West Ham for what? a I few thought seasons. About it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Joachim Anderson, currently for Palace. Good player. Dang I thought about Anderson, yeah. I had, You've I, never watched Palace before, have you? <laughs> Good mate. No, Anderson's solid, man. Left I had back, Anderson left on back a Andy list. Robertson. Yeah. Uh, three midfield. As the six, Cambiasso. Yeah. I think it's just a go-to. Love that, love that. My two centre mids, 
It's where the creative juice is flowing. David Silva and Mesut Ozil. Bears. I mean, who's up front then? Right wing, Brian Embuemo. Who? Brian Embuemo. Brentford. <laughs> yeah. This is where. But I used to always think he was French for some reason. Uh, I don't know why. He, he, from, is he from youth career, youth career, France. There you go. Senior career, international. There you go. Um, this is where it gets really good. Off the left, Eden Hazard. Striker, Ronaldo. Bears. No, that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I've, my three, my three outside shouts are Embuemo and my two centre halves. But Winston Reid, West Ham fans, was very good. Yeah, I'll give you. Can I give you Brooksy's as well? Because Brooksy helped me with this. Go on then. But he had a different team to mine. So Brooksy's was in goal. David Marshall. Ooh. Yeah. Ronaldo's cooking against that. Then Is he that went Chelsea and Borough. Uh, Cardiff, Hull, Norwich, Wigan, Derby, QPR, and Scotland. He gave me all oh. the teams for oh, these wow. as well. Uh, right back Coleman. Yeah. Centre backs were Anderson. Yeah. Wes Morgan. Premier League winner. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I look, I did look at Rob Huth, but he played at Chelsea. I looked at Fuchs. As well, and but no. I thought Fuchs, like, no. what the Fuchs am I doing? Uh, <laughs> left back, he went Bale, Bale as well. Spurs, Southampton, Wales. Then he went with um, Steven Gerrard, Balak, and Bruno Gamarish. Yeah, not a bad shout. Then his front three was Ronaldo, Aguero, and Omri. It's a nice front three. Yeah, I'd have maybe nice gone three. for uh, Tonali over Gamarish. Yes, yeah, good shout. I, I thought of a good one. I thought Ogbonna was not a bad one for centre-back mm. as well. but It's a good challenge. It took me a, a little while to do it. If you if you fancy it, it is a thinker. Let it me really know in the comments. Yeah, let us know your eleven Premier League scored down below in the comments. We're uh, we're heading to our sort of last quarter of the half now. I think that the great way to sort of lead this conversation on with Haber now is, what's next? What, what what do you want to be doing in the next couple of years? Do you want to be doing, as Richard said, more sort of football Man United stuff? Do you want to reinvent your FC twenty four content? Where, where, where's your head out? Are you still trying to work that out? I don't know. Um, I really enjoy this kind of free role in life at the minute. Um, I don't know. I, I'm one of those people where I like to, I like to see if an opportunity presents itself, and then if it's something that seems like a good idea to like throw all my eggs at it, kind of thing. Um, but and and sort of until then, I'm really happy doing what I do now. Um, and what I've, what I've been trying to do recently, I've really got back into football again. I play football five or six times a week now. Um, I play for two different teams as well. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's a lot. So that's been a big focus of mine. And then just like kind of growing up as well. I feel like when you get to this sort of age, like you've starting to learn, you really start to learn what adult life's like. Like I'm a different person to what I was four years ago. And I think it's like learning now what my interests are and stuff. Cause I wouldn't even, if you asked me, oh, what your interests are, I'd be like football. And then I'm like, I don't really know. So it's kind of just figuring out that now as well. What else do you enjoy doing other than watching football? And maybe and playing, football. And playing football. <laughs> and playing football and gaming. Um, talk about football. <laughs> gaming, literally. Oh, is there anything interesting that we might not know? Um, you play a lot of other games outside FC. Yeah, I do. As yeah. well. I see you all the time on Discord playing yeah, yeah. Valorant or League. League of Legends or Fortnite. I used to be a pro Fortnite player. I didn't talk about that, did we? Yeah, I used to be yeah. a pro Fortnite player. I was signed to Fnatic for about six months, yeah. yeah. No, seriously. When? Like tw- summer of twenty eighteen, I think it was. You signed for Fnatic. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, mate. I was doing like all the Fortnite tournaments and that. Was that during was... the World Cup? No, no, no. We, so um, this is when they were like Haber, is... Burnt Chip, and yeah. they, they were all pro players. No, so <laughs> it was back when 
it was. Do you remember the tournaments were kills? It wasn't about placement and stuff like yeah. that. I stopped playing when it got the kill about. races and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's when I was like doing all these like little tournaments and stuff like that, and like it was it was fun. I won money on it and stuff like that. Like I made I made a little bit. Um, but it was back then when like. Yeah, you'd go into a squad, two of you on one team, two of you on another, and you'd like fight, like Fortnite Fridays and stuff like that, like all those sort of tournaments. Did a bunch with Nep, like me and Nep did tournaments, but like that was rough because it was literally just me. Like Nep, bless him, was was not a very good Fortnite player. Although, you know, we did play a lot. Was he going sixteen? Clean <laughs> place. No, Nep's favorite thing, right? Whenever we were, if we weren't playing it, like one of those things, like this is how Nep liked to play Fortnite. He used to like to land like junk junction all the way out the top of the map. And just slowly come in with the zone and stay on the edge of the zone until the very last one. Just uh, two kill wins. But for a whole season, we had like a 45% win ratio because it was just that every game. And I was always good enough to kill the last two people. So it was just like we just have two kill wins every time in duos. But we loved it. It was, it was fun. How much longer? I know you said we said earlier, like what you want to do in the future. Where do you see yourself? But how much longer do you want to be doing this? I'd love to do it for the rest of my life, if I'm being honest with you. I'd love to I'd love to be in some kind of content creation for the rest of my life. I don't know where that would Back to editing full time, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Like I know Brooks edits Brooks used to be a YouTuber, now he edits and like I, I'd be happy doing that, yeah. Um to be honest, like I realised when I was more when I lived with Morgs, I don't I don't quite like being the person out there, like in front of everyone. I, I don't mind being behind the scenes. Like I don't like fame I'm, I'm not famous or anything like that. Like, i'm not like now all that's died off i people don't recognize i don't get recognized or anything like that like i'm not a popular person but like back then it was a bit mad and i realized quickly i didn't like that so i'd be happy being behind the scenes i'd be happy like producing or or, or like creating editing yeah exactly like i think whenever the coin sponsors dry up uh <laughs> we'll have that conversation is it hard to maybe go into like an editing role when you have tasted maybe the I think peak. for some people, absolutely. But like, although I do think I come across maybe as a bit arrogant with a bit of an ego, I genuinely like, I, if it was like a demotion, I would not be asked. I would not care. Like it wouldn't bother me. I wouldn't be upset about it. Like I'd be happy to work under someone else and do other stuff. Like I'd, I'm, I'd be humble like that. Like I don't really care. That's fair enough. So if you guys need a episode <laughs> yeah. or something, you know. Um, well, I think this pulls to a great part to to end the conversation unless you've got anything else to ask us maybe um when we next going on a, on a holiday and where well, we, we go? Were, like uh, we messaged didn't we we're going to do some in the we winter so i know you wanted to go to new york didn't you have you been before i've been before a few times Tenerife, um, maybe i mean we went to first Ventura last year that was nice but i think the issue now is a lot of the lads got girlfriends and stuff like that so it's a bit of a nightmare and also it? the timing now everyone wants to just grind the last question grind the game how uh how much longer do you see yourself living with the boys <laughs> No, that was a tough one because we almost we almost did went our separate ways last year. Um, you know, Brooksy's had a missus now for a few years. Skeggsy's now got a missus, so like it was almost a thing where I think they wanted to move into Birmingham, and I I don't want to live in a city. I wanted to live outside, so I almost got my own place, and they they moved they almost moved out. But then we realised that we kind of have it good where we are. Um, maybe another year or two depends. Really depends. Like because we're getting to that age now where like people start thinking kids and and houses and stuff like that so like whenever they're ready to call it i'm down to just sort of move into my own place move to manchester old trafford i've thought about it ticket. i've thought about it the only problem i have at the minute is that i have two different football teams that are around me and i've got like my life is sort of centered around football at the minute i play sort of monday tuesday thursday saturday sunday so it's like 
if I moved away, I wouldn't be able to continue that. Mm. And I love that lifestyle at the minute. I absolutely love it. So it's important as well to have that sort of outlook of something. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. It is. It's nice. It's it's nice, sort of having friends that have no idea what you do. Agreed. One of them's been trying to set me up to fight Tommy Fury for the last two months because he has no <laughs> idea. He didn't realize I'm not like big on YouTube. Like they see the numbers and they think it's massive, but they don't realize like I'm a literal nobody in this scene. Like, right, gents. We're gonna to have to call this conversation, all right? We're in a very heavy added time. Um, <laughs> it's heavy Haber, time, man. Thank you so much for coming on. The, thank you the for having me. Podcast. I really enjoyed it. Um, we've loved having you on season one. Nearly took top spot in the uh, the full. I did quiz. in my in my in my heart. I did. Right, I got a seven. And when I send you a screenshot tonight of my Twitch <laughs> analytics, you'll update it. All right. Um, and all the best for for this year and, and what's to come. And there we have it, Richard. Another great episode as we come towards the end of season one of the Full 90 podcast. Uh, it was a blast talking to Haber, I've got to say. Uh, yeah. Really enjoyed it. It was. If you've enjoyed the podcast, whether you're listening on audio or visual, leave us a like, make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. That's the Full 90 podcast with Haber and we'll see you very soon. 